0: She
1: back mike steely the drake drake dyken in for t-ro and tj today they'll be back with you on monday always liked that eight o'clock hour open i like it i think it's pretty pretty good
2: yeah uh champ devere I, i think that that was their old band name and now i believe they're the dust bowl boys Oh, really? Yeah. All right. Well,
1: maybe they're paying uh, homage to, like, Woody Guthrie or something. I don't know. Oh uh,
2: Yeah, a little bit of everything. There's lots of references in there, too, uh, of, uh, obviously, Indiana Jones. You've uh, chosen So I like good it. Good stuff like that. Uh, also, there's the infamous uh, is 40 is slow. There was a race way back when in the uh, KRF parking lot. Between Toby Rowland and Kerry Murdoch. Kerry Murdoch still has not finished his 40. I heard about that, and I heard Kerry like bit the dust. Bit and- the dust uh from what i'm told kind of skipped like a rock across the parking lot Ooh, so there's yeah. some gravel out there yeah. <laughs> that's not good
1: that's not good i would have that sounds like a made for prime time event oh yeah is to and rerun that race that
2: was that was before uh camera phones and everything so that was one of those things that just got done in the parking lot and basically it's like okay this is what happened we have to recap it now that we're back on the air that's
1: classic yeah i've been told that story a few times around here i wish i would have been around to see there should have been some kind of video somewhere somehow but uh, the legend lives on around here. Hey, Jesse Crittenden joins us in the studio here in the Brown O'Haver Studios, doing a great job for the Norman Transcript. He's been out to all the practices. He's done all the player interviews. Brent, again, met the media last night. So let's talk. We're eight days out, Jesse. Uh, what is the biggest storyline, team-wise, in your opinion, for this team now? Eight days away from the opener.
3: You know, I, I think looking specifically on either side of the ball, I mean, I think it's this defense. I mean, do you see, you know, right from the get-go in this first year under Britt Venables, do you see that Venables imprint, that impact that he's, you know, that he's known for uh, on his on this defense? He had it obviously at Oklahoma in the 2000s, and obviously Clemson was, you know, became known as one of the greater defenses. In the country over the last 10 years. Do you see that impact, and even as a whole, do you feel that different kind of impact um, from Brent Venables, especially compared to last year with how disappointing – I think a lot of people were reasonably with last year. So, I mean, do you feel a difference between last year to this year? And, and, and despite all of the turnover, despite, you know, some of the chaos in the off season, expectations are still as high as they always are for Oklahoma, still to compete for a Big 12 title. So, I mean, can, can Oklahoma live up to those expectations? Can you feel that Venables impact uh, in his first year?
1: Yeah, and and the excitement from uh, the Sooner fan base has been palpable, man. And and you look at what happened for the spring game, the buildup leading to that, and, and we've talked about this before when you've been on with us, uh, you know, Steelman and Thune, uh, with Parker. It's very strange, the offseason. I can't decide. To me, it feels like the longest offseason of all time because of all the emotional stress that the Oklahoma fans have gone through. and And just when you think, it's smooth sailing, and you're, you're out of the stormy waters. The Cale Gundy deal pops up. So there's been so much that happened in the offseason. But, you know, from our standpoint, there have been a lot of storylines. Uh, how long – does it feel like a
3: long offseason – to you or has it flown by I think initially uh, you know especially when Lincoln Riley and and, and company left uh, right at the end of, of last season I think all of that stuff felt like it flew by in the blink of an eye it was so unexpected even when Venables arrived it all kind of flew by but I think uh, after venables got here kind of that initial excitement um, from the fan base you go through the spring I think the last few months have felt like they've taken forever <laughs> to, to get here just because I think at some point now the the focus has to turn to what's happening on the field all of this you know off the field stuff this excitement this new era um you know has been exciting you know to observe but now it's about getting on the field so i think and not to mention that yeah until the kill gundy stuff the the off season had been pretty had been pretty boring it had been pretty quiet after the spring ended so uh i i think it's almost both i think it started quickly and then over the last few months it's it's felt like it's it's moved at a snail's pace
1: yeah, it has felt that way. All right, so we talked about, from a team standpoint, what is the biggest storyline for you? Jesse Crittenden is joining us here in the Brown-O'Haver Studios. Uh, Mike Seely, Drake Dyken in for TJ and, uh, obviously, T. Row on the T. Row in the Morning Show on this Friday. Um Individual one player, what has been the biggest storyline for
3: one player you think in fall camp? I think I think it's I think the easy answer really is Dylan Gabriel. I mean it really is to, to come in as a transfer quarterback to immediately be named as the starting quarterback. I mean, there has not been any you know competition for that starting job whatsoever. It has been Dylan Gabriel's team. So instead of wondering about who's gonna be the quarterback, what's that battle gonna look like, it's instead been about what's Dylan Gabriel's impact been on the team? And you know, he can he come in and, and have some of the success that OU quarterbacks have had i mean historically but especially over the last few years so uh, I, I think a lot of eyes have been on dylan gabriel and justifiably so he's a he's a transfer quarterback with a ton of experience that's been tasked with coming in and leading this helping brent venables lead this new era of oklahoma football along with jeff levy so you know I, this is kind of a unique situation uh w- with everything that's that's happened with him but you know both offensive and defensive players have talked about his impact i mean right away and I think he not only was named the starting quarterback, he came in and assumed that role on and off the field. So I think I think as far as, as storylines with players, I mean, he's, he's number one in that regard.
1: All right. So Brent met the media yesterday and uh, talked about a depth chart. Looks like it's coming out Monday. He was asked about the backup quarterback situation, and he didn't really answer anything. But he said, you know, Davis Bevel and General Booty and Nick Evers are all in there. I, I didn't hear Micah Bowen's name. Mention, I don't think, but uh, from what we're hearing, it appears like maybe De- Davis Bevel is going to be that guy. We don't know anything for sure. Don't we need General Booty in there as the backup quarterback? I mean, just for NIL opportunities.
2: Give the people what they want. And the
1: cheap jokes. I mean, come on. Nothing against Davis Bevel. And he's a large dude, man, Davis Bevel. He's, he looks like a, a, you know a, one of those pro-style quarterbacks from way back when at six five six six 6'6", and, uh, you know, obviously played at Pitt last year. But uh, there there is no guy – I don't care if it's DeColdis Crawford or whoever. Quinn Ewers, of course, the mighty Quinn at Texas, knows how to get some NIL dollars. But General Booty has aligned himself to be right there to be Mr. NIL.
3: That's right. The, the name brand alone with him, some you know, kind of trumps the, uh, the uh, on the field. Those T-shirts he
2: dropped, I mean, <laughs> goodness gracious, uh, General Booty uh, reporting for command or whatever it is mm-hmm. that one of those. I, I literally almost bought one of those the other day. So we'll see if I buy one before next Saturday.
1: You know, and, and a lot of people said, why isn't he wearing jersey number two?
0: <laughs> who does number two work
1: for, General Booty? That's who it works for. So I don't know. It's going to be very interesting, Brent. Uh, how have you found Brent? Uh, you know, it, at times, Brent, man, he likes to go on. It's it's almost like he's preaching. You know, at some points, and you'll be like, man, I don't know if I can cut this six minute soundbite into forty seconds here or whatever. But that's Brent, right? And he's gonna. It it seems better than the previous administration, which seems like non-answers, shell game, bait-and-switch, spies at practice on the top of the building let's shut everything down I mean there's been a change over there in that regard
3: yeah certainly and I think we noticed it I mean from the get-go even from a media perspective just what you're getting in these availabilities between Lincoln Riley and Brent venables have been have been incredibly different and and Brent I mean that passion you mentioned kind of almost his preaching uh type of you know answers that he gives I think I mean that's him it hasn't it hasn't decreased that's been him the entire time um, his open his openness with the media to invite us so much uh to practices and to let us stay for quite a long time I mean I think the I think the thing about uh, I think the thing about Brent venables is he he he's genuine that's what you get from him um you know the the you know the long answers he gives and things like that's that's who he is he's a very passionate guy I think he's the same way with players he's got a lot going on he's he's super energetic Um, so yeah, and I think you can feel that impact, um, on the players. You can see that impact in practices. I I think his energy has been infectious on this team. So yeah, certainly going, you know, where I think, I think a lot of times Lincoln Riley and that previous, you know, you know, that previous staff had kind of been a, you know, cut and dry, you know, standard answers where that's not, that's not what you're going to get with Brent. I think he's treated his team the same way too.
1: Yeah, Brent, is, uh, he's the genuine article. There's no doubt. He was that way, uh, you know, uh, uh, kind of a condensed version when he was here as defensive coordinator. But you could see that passion and the veins popping out of his head. And, like, man, that guy goes full tilt, it seems like, all the time. There's no doubt about it. Shoe, yeah, yeah, I think we've seen what Muleshoe uh, lies, deceits, um, you know, bait and switch, all of that stuff, paranoia. Not that I'm bitter at all. Very bitter, actually, and will continue to be bitter. And I will be uh, rooting again for Rice like I've never rooted for the Rice Owls in that opener for SC coming up uh, in eight days. All right, we've got Jesse Crittenden with us, Norman Transcript Sports Editor, Mike Steele, along with the Drake. Drake Dyken today. And uh, there's a good riff to go into a break. Paul Rogers, later would be the lead singer for Bad Company, of course, with Free back in the day. All right, we got a lot more Sooner football to talk about. Light up the text line. We'll return here on The Ref.
4: Stream at home. Shop the latest Ref gear. Read the latest issues of Boyd Street or 19th Street Magazine. And listen to the podcast for your favorite Ref shows. Just visit the all-new KREF.com website.
2: Final hour of the T-Row in the Morning Show. Mike Sealy, Drake Dyken, Jesse Crittenden of the Norman Transcript joining us this hour. T Row and TJ will be back next week. It'll be game week, baby! Uh, this hour, the T Row and the Morning Show It's brought to you by the great people at RK Black. They've been doing it almost as long as uh, Sooner Football's been winning a national championships since 1952. Uh, they have been helping small and medium sized businesses in Oklahoma and Kansas. Uh, with their technology solutions to make their businesses more efficient that includes copiers faxes printers scanners document management and even network solutions uh, if you're having network problems maybe you can't get fortnite quite fast enough uh, on your work computer you probably shouldn't be playing fortnite on your work computer anyways but if you're somebody like steelman your work computer is what you play Fortnite on because that's why you do some of your work. So there uh, you Yeah, go.
1: absolutely, yes. Well, you're you're also talking to the senior Fortnite champion
2: of the world. That's right. Uh, give RK Black a call at 405-943-9800. Visit rkblack.com. Give a chance to help your smaller, medium-sized business grow even more. And you know what? They're a big league company, too, because they are the official provider of the Oklahoma City Thunder with Sharp as well. Air Conference Solutions' text line real quick. And I've got a question for uh, both of you guys, actually. It was a topic of discussion the last couple days with T-Row. I'll throw it to you guys uh, here in a little bit. But it basically has to do with the Bedlam, quote-unquote, rivalry. I'll put quotation marks around that. Moving forward whenever OU moves into the SEC. So, Air Everett Solutions' text line. Alan playing NIL uh, paid players from California tonight. Uh, they're playing Saint John Bosco in California how about that
1: mm okay yeah uh man the high schoolers getting the Nil that's uh who would have thought
2: back in today uh aka the day one carried destroyed his face that's when uh they had the 40 time out there in uh the kf parking lot between he and tiro yeah Tiro. uh his he's got a quick wit but his 40 is still slow he's tiro so um, Kale Gundy, uh, joining, I haven't heard about this. Is he joining Barry Switzer on the ah, coaches? Corner okay. I haven't heard about it. Uh, that'd that. be awesome. Yeah. Good, good for, uh, good for Kale. Yeah. Um, love the Sooner Magic, then had to wait to read about it. Uh, the game in the Sunday Daily Oklahoman. Wow. Wow. Quite, quite old if you are, are going back to read the, uh, Oklahoman. Just to see the box score and stuff like that.
1: I'm old enough to remember when the Oklahoma Journal was still
2: around. Well, and uh, I mean, a lot of times because most of those games weren't televised, you would have to read about the game oh, yeah. the, the next day oh, if you didn't man. listen to the radio broadcast. So, absolutely. Uh, great to hear, still man. In the morning, wonder if he has heard from Sergio lately. Sergio has uh, has retired. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, so the topic of conversation yesterday. You guys will be – there's a little bit of a separation age-wise between the two of you, Mm -hmm. so uh, this will be a very good question as far as the generational gap goes. But topic of conversation was, so obviously Mike Gundy's talked a lot about the Bedlam game moving forward whenever OU goes into the SEC. Basically, sounds like he's like, yeah, our schedule's going to be too tough to have that tough of a – Non-conference game each and every year. We've got the likes of Central Michigan and Tulsa already on our non-conference schedule. We can't have somebody like Oklahoma. Uh, but the question was, your preference moving forward, if you could choose between a annual non-conference game between Oklahoma State and Nebraska moving forward, who would it be? Hmm. For That's
1: me, it would be uh, it would be Oklahoma State. I'd still like to continue Bedlam. Now, my my biggest memories growing up as a kid were the games against Nebraska because those were the game-of-the-century games. And then you had another one in 80, what was it, 87? That was the Patrick Collins uh, sprint down the sidelines run. And then on into 2000 again when you think about uh, the game that really – showed America that Oklahoma football was back when they beat Nebraska and went on to win that national championship this year. So, you know, I'd love to see Oklahoma-Nebraska, but if you ask me to pick one of the two, got to go with Oklahoma State.
3: I, I would agree, and and I know Nebraska, the Oklahoma-Nebraska rivalry has such a historical, you know, thing to it. And, it, the, you know, like you mentioned, all these competitive games um, that frankly haven't always been there with Bedlam. But I think year in, year out, you know, excitement level, especially if it becomes a non-conference thing every year, uh, I think it would become uh, almost must-watch TV uh, to have that series going on every year. So uh, I-, I think I would also go with Oklahoma State. No disrespect to the historicness of, uh, of the Nebraska rivalry. Though.
2: Yeah, Both of you guys are wrong. Nebraska is the correct answer here. I mean, what are we even talking about? This is the best era that Oklahoma State's ever had mm. in the 17 years that Gundy has been head coach. They've got three wins in that run. This is a team that loses 87% of the time to you historically. No thank you. That's if, why if, if I'm Mike can...
1: Gundy, I don't want to continue battling. <laughs> right. If you go to school
2: and the bully picks on it. you every day, do you want to go to school? You might yeah. want to skip class. Absolutely. Give me Nebraska each and every year. But that's because I was completely – you talked about your dad indoctrinating you into college football earlier in the show, uh, Steel Man. My dad very much indoctrinated me into Oklahoma State does not matter. They are completely insignificant. Don't worry about them ever. And he steeped me in the rivalry and telling me the stories of the Thanksgiving Day game between Oklahoma and Nebraska growing up. And if you could bring that back, I'm all for it. Nebraska each and every year rotating between Norman and Lincoln, let's do it.
1: Yeah. Well, and the thing for me is, look, uh, Cowboys won last year. They had a historic defense. Mike Gundy has done really a fantastic job in Stillwater. You consider going back to the last 10, 12 years, Oklahoma State's been the second-best team in the Big 12. But, again, in your state, man, you've got Godzilla that you have to deal with, and you're like a wimpy version of Mothra, you know. But Mike Gundy's done an unbelievable job. But if I could get away from playing Oklahoma, you know what? If I was Mike Gundy, I would. Because when, when you're, some of your fan base judges your worth as a head coach by your record against Oklahoma, then that's it's almost not fair. It's like you're supposed to be in a NASCAR race and you're driving a Ford Pinto versus, you know, a souped-up car. Now, again, that's probably a bad comparison right now because Oklahoma State's vehicle is a lot better than it's ever been. But, again, you're never favored. You're almost never favored in that matchup. So uh, that's always been a problem for Oklahoma State coaches. Jimmy Johnson got out of there. Guess what? Went to Miami, got some better athletes, and he did a pretty good job at Oklahoma State. But they started beating Oklahoma less miles. Pat Jones, uh, you know, will tell you how tough it was to be in the same state with OU. So, I don't know. But if I had to pick one, I would still like to see Bedlam continue.
2: Yeah, so. the, it, the question is, and that was what won the Twitter poll. This was made into a Twitter poll. It surprised me. Oklahoma State won fifty six forty four 44 in this Twitter poll. And it makes me wonder if Nebraska would have been just a little bit relevant the last decade, what people's answers would be. Because that's the big separating factor here is Oklahoma State, even though they have not been very successful against OU the last decade, they still have been relevant in the conference. And you've played them every year. That's the other difference, too. I mean, you're 12 years removed from when Nebraska left the conference, 10, 12 years. So those are the two factors that are playing against Nebraska and all of that.
1: Nebraska finally decided, you know what? (sighs) Screw Texas, we're out of here. Basically, they left because Texas was yep. pulling all the strings, right?
2: The, the OU radio member, crew member, in me enjoys the bedlam trip. Don't get me wrong, to Stillwater because it's just a couple hour drive. It's it's nice. We meet in Edmond, and then it's about less than an hour to get to Stillwater from there. But yeah, I I, I mean it's going to be so much fun going into Lincoln this year and. Uh, just the history of that rivalry, yeah, it's for me. It's for me.
1: Yeah, but right now, I mean, Nebraska clearly historically has been the superior program to Oklahoma State, but right now Oklahoma State's at a higher level than Nebraska. I mean, Scott Frost is fighting for his job. Mike Gundy seems like such a happier Mike Gundy right now with Mike Holder out of there, and it's yeah. like, I'm I'm free! I can hear the song from The Who playing in my head right now. Uh, you know, he's doing, Mike Gundy's always been, uh, you know, great at press conferences, but he even looks like there's, you know, such a boulder off his shoulder now, uh, because Boone Pickens took that program to another level, but I had always heard too, Boone was on the hotline a lot. I remember stories about, uh, from a pretty good source that Les Miles had to tell the secretary, like, tell him I'm not here because Boone was on the horn all the time, like a out of control texas booster or something but when you give that much money you've got that kind of control but it seems to me
2: like mike gundy's in a in a very good spot right he, now you can tell he feels like he's got his older brother moving out of the house look yeah, at that look yeah. at that nice room i have to share this room with two other siblings big brother's moving out this room is about to get empty i get that room when you move out it. get out of here go off to college we don't need you anymore Please, please. I'll talk to you. That's fine. But as far as uh, you coming back and living in this house, no thank you.
1: You know, that's one of the great moments. I don't know how many siblings you guys have, but I I had a brother. And once you got, you know, out of the bunk bedroom and everything and you got your own room, you felt like this is it right here. It's not going to get any better than this. I can put all my Sports, Sports Illustrated posters and Led Zeppelin Pink Floyd posters and Kiss posters up in my own room. This is the greatest thing ever. Back in the day, I also had a, a little strobe light from the disco era, which was very nice, even though I never did dance because you don't <laughs> want to. I'm, I'm the Elaine Bennis of male dancing. So, all right. Uh, why don't we take a break right here? We got Jesse Crittenden in with us, sports editor, Norman Transcript, Mike Steele, Drake Dykin in for uh, T Row and TJ. They'll be back with you on Monday. It is a Friday. Let's talk a little more sooner football and get some text in when we get back. on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Man, I I heard CeeLo. Did you ever see uh, Daryl's House where Daryl Hall would uh, have, like, guest musicians come into his studio? And uh, I'm trying to remember the – I'm drawing a blank now on the – I think it was I Can't Go For That was the song. But CeeLo came in and did the uh, vocals. Oh, it was great. Great stuff. Gnarls Barkley, also what a great name. All right, we'll take a break, come back. More Sooner Football conversation on the way here on The Ref.
4: The T-Row in the Morning Show is powered by Extreme Outdoor Equipment, your full-line dealer for bad boys, zero-turn mowers, tractors, and implements. With two locations, I-35 at Goldsby, exit 104B, and I-44 at the Newcastle, Tuttle exit 108.
0: All right,
1: welcome back, Mike Steely, along with Drake Dykin and for T Row and uh, T J this morning. They'll be back with you on Monday. Jesse Crittenden is with us. Norman Transcript Sports Editor. We are eight days away from the start of a Sooner football, and uh, you know it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a season that people are gonna be fired up about, and they are ready to start right now. Okay, so we talked a little. Uh, in the first segment, uh, the Cale Gundy situation has come and gone, and it, it, according to some people, again, it looks like Cale's going to be working with Coach Schwitzer on his uh, Coach's Corner deal, uh, which would be great. But it seems like, as ugly as that was and as, you know, distressed as Sooner fans are, you know, I think a lot of people, you know, finally decided, well, yeah, I guess this decision had to be made. You just have to move on from it. But they're sad because Cale Gundy has done so much for OU football and is such a huge part of Sooner football history. But it seems like they've transitioned out of this, and uh, it doesn't – I mean, we don't know – Really, truly, but it seems like they moved on from it pretty well so far.
3: Yeah, I, I think so. I think that first day. I mean, they had an open practice. You know, the Monday following. You know, the announcement of Kel Gundy's resignation on that late Sunday night. And and I think you could tell. You know, spirits were a little bit uh, higher than they normally would be. It was a little bit more. You know, emotion kind of going into everything. But I think after that, especially once once. Brent Venable spoke with the media on that Wednesday it's kind of been business as usual none of the players have really talked about it the last couple practices we've gone to it seems like it's uh you know it's business as usual and I think LaDamian Washington has come in and I think he's kind of grabbed that that wide receiver room right away I mean even to come in uh, on that day after practice, after the resignation. And, and I mean, he looks like he's in full control. It looks like he's been that way from the jump. And, you know, I think he had a relationship with those wide receivers in that room prior to, to Gunny's resignation. So it, the whole thing is certainly not ideal. Uh, you know, the timing, you know, exactly what transpired, all of those things. Uh, but I mean, I, I think, f- you know, for the most part, I think this team has, has moved on and is looking to the season.
1: Okay, I, I talked about this yesterday on, uh, on you know the show with Parker. I've got Oklahoma going 11-1. and 1. I, I think the schedule sets up well for Oklahoma. You've got some landmines out there, Lincoln, maybe the Cotton Bowl, maybe if Texas gets its act together. Uh, but then if you can get through that stretch, and Kansas State won't be a pushover, but you've got so many of those games in the conference where you're playing against real contenders at home. And that helps Oklahoma. So I've got them 11 and one. And I, I know Sooner fans are always going to be optimistic. But are we pumping maybe a little bit too much sunshine on this team, considering the fact that Michael Turk was
3: the only guy on the preseason All Conference team? I th- preseason stuff is so hard to judge, right? I, I mean, even I mean, last year was so disappointing because on paper. You know this this Oklahoma team should I mean they should have won another Big Twelve title last year and and you know with the talent and the consistency on both sides of the ball and then that turns out not to be the case but I I think this team has been really hard to evaluate almost more difficult than you know these teams in recent years just with all of the change you know this team still has talent on both sides of the ball but a lot of it's new and you've got a new coaching staff so but I mean I think there is something to be said for. Uh, to to expect Oklahoma to remain competitive. And, yeah, they've got Baylor at home. They've got Oklahoma State at home. They've got Kansas State at home. Um, So, I mean, I I think a couple of things are going to have to break right. I think these first couple of games, you know, against UTEP and Kent State, I mean, it's not the most competition you could see, but especially that Nebraska game, these first three games, I think you're going to learn a lot about this Oklahoma team uh, and see if there are any major differences between last year and this year.
1: All right, Jesse Crittenden with us, Norman Transcript Sports Editor. When you're over there in the facility and you're you're talking to Brent, you're talking to the players, uh, can you feel the culture change as compared to what it felt like over there during the previous Muleshoe administration on to what Brent Venables and these guys are, you know, trying to get done over there now? Is its it is – it- really something you can kind of feel when you're there is it palpable the culture change
3: no it, it really is and it's funny we, uh yesterday at the availability i uh i was talking to uh deshaun white uh you know the fifth year linebacker and you know i asked him i mean in these open practices we've seen i mean brent venables is in the middle of those linebacker drills he's not just in it yelling i mean he's got the pad him and and, and ted roof are hitting players when they you know when they go through drills and i asked him if he hits pretty hard and he said oh yeah um i mean it, it's a it's a different kind of feel to have that your your head coach be so involved in what's going on you know in you know day to day practice and I think not only is his intensity wearing off but um, you know, I think I think his energy, I think the emotional aspect he brings to the game, and he's talked about that with us. It's you know, obviously some of that stuff needs to be controlled, but he wants his players to play with emotion. He wants his players to to play with energy and intensity, and and I think these players have have responded to that, and especially when they talk with us in the media, I think. You can feel a little bit more openness. You can feel a little bit uh, a little bit more excitement. It's just, you know, obviously things could change when the season starts, but as of the last few months, there's there's certainly been a difference.
1: Okay, before we let you go, how does it feel to be the latest in a long line of a legendary transcript sports editors? Uh, Jim Weeks back in the day. On to Barry Twamble. And then uh, we go to... Clay Horning to Tyler Pomatier and his fabulous hair, and now you. How's it feel?
3: No, it's been great other than, you know, Tyler was here uh, when I started, and, you know, my hair certainly cannot uh, cannot live up to the his golden locks. The beard game is locks. strong,
1: though. It's pretty, well, thank you. I mean, it's pretty strong.
3: I had, to, I, I had to feel like I brought – I had to bring something unique to the tables. You know, that's that's been a main thing for me. But, uh, no, overall it's been great. You know, I've been here a little over a year now. There's still so much I have to learn. But, you know, a lot of parts of the job you can't complain. I get to cover, you know, one of the biggest, most successful programs in the country. It's hard to complain.
1: Well, we love having you on. Jesse, thank you for coming in and joining us today. And we'll be talking to you a lot during the uh, season. So thank you for having me on. Jesse Crittenden, the Norman Transcript Sports Editor. By the way, Air Comfort Solutions text line uh, from the 405, live from Daryl's house, one of my favorite shows ever. Yeah, I, I put people in Daryl's basement. That sounds like a bad horror film. It was live from Daryl's. <laughs> Do not enter Daryl's basement. <laughs> I mean, come on. I'm old, man. Give me a little break. But, yes, live from Daryl's house. But how about that CeeLo singing i can't go uh, it for was that.
2: great it was great yeah uh live from daryl's basement uh putting people in daryl's basement it's like uh, it puts the lotion on the skin because that's what makes sarah smile
1: holy cow all right you know uh who was uh really not that useful oats <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he had a, kind of a cheesy but mustache. He, he and, had you know, the
2: mustache. He had the uh, the hair. He had the Jerry curls. I mean, yeah, it, it was. Uh, he brought that to the because kind of like Telly Palmatier brought the hair, so did the uh, Oates mm-hmm. as well. So
1: I mean, Hall and Oates should be Hall in all caps and Oates in <laughs> well, lower case. I mean,
2: that's uh, not the first time that happened. Simon and Garfunkel, obviously. So oh, Paul Simon yeah. was the man. Yeah.
1: Art Garfunkel, see, he had funky hair and. Same thing. I mean, like I said, is Gotta there anybody something. else in a duo that did less than Oates? Though I'm trying to think, somebody less no. on the text no, line. Probably. That's a not. brilliant probably question. Not. Who was the least valuable member of a duo?
2: Uh, T.J. Perry. <laughs> 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 uh, you're on one. That's pretty good. Uh, yeah, pretty good. Couple more things here on the text line before we get to plank on the other side here. Steelman Air Comfort Solutions text line. Uh, whatever happened to the guy who uh, called? Then playing the guitar was his name, I Romulus. I think that's
1: correct. If I'm, but you know, old, you, I'm, I'm trying to search my memory. I think that's right. But you I'm know, not who positive. else would
2: call in playing guitar?
1: James the Marvel. The Marvel. Uh, he. Uh, I remember when the Marvel called us one time a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. He called in. Is James the Marvel? What's happening, James? I've just landed on the moon. <laughs> that was the first sentence. So he talked to, talk to him about his experience on the moon, and he was right there. In his mind, he was right there. So, anyway.
2: Uh, OSU is the nail. OU is the hammer. The nail will always be glad the hammer is gone. There you go. Uh, live from Daryl's house, like you said. Steel Man, I would have loved to have heard Wayman Tisdale play some upside bass with... Hollow notes songs, uh, Wayman that's from Like I said, how
1: about Wayman, man? I mean, natural gift, play basketball. One of the greatest players. Well, uh, you know, arguably the greatest player in Sooner history. Blake Griffin's in the conversation. Alvin Adams, but it's hard to top Wayman for what he did. Uh, you know, to be a, a guy who had that career in the NBA and then to retire and become really the one of the best, if not the best, jazz bassists of his era. That's amazing. All right, we got a break right here. We got uh, the plan um, Do I get to go on with Plank? That is amazing, Chris Plank. Has he done seventy-five of the radio
2: shows this uh, morning? He said by now, he's done at least one. He's done at least one. That
1: man is amazing. His tank rarely goes on empty. I yeah. mean, that's amazing. It, it's
2: right. it's about the same thing as you, coffee and uh, energy drinks for there him. You go. So plenty of caffeine. That's the secret. All
4: right, crossover with Chris Plank coming up next here on the ref. This hour of the T-Row in the Morning Show is brought to you by RK Black, a leading provider of office technology solutions for small and medium-sized businesses. Call 405-943-9800 or visit rkblack.com. All right, we're back.
1: Sorry, I just think I took Drake's mic right there. My bad, Drake. I, I'm still working with this format, amateur starting <laughs> no, out not, in the no, business. No, no, no.
2: The, the the uh crossover usually Toby or T J. Whoever's hosting usually ah, so okay. you're good. You're well, good. Chris Plank,
1: man, the energizer bunny of sports radio. This guy never stops, man. How many Have you done one show already yes. today? Yes,
0: I did a 5 to 8 a.m. show this
1: Dude, morning. Dude, I <laughs> don't know. Your vocal cords You must have been, your vocal cords must you know have been what? worked out by Jerry Schmidt or I'm something. I'm going to tell you
0: something. I, I knock on wood, have been very blessed to not have voice issues. But you, you mentioned that one time. You said to me when I was leaving, I was like, man, I don't know how your voice does it. And it was, and it. Got, what's what's the old thing when it gets in your head? Uh, psychosomatic. It was yeah, because then yeah. all of a sudden I'd be like, <coughs> "What?" You know what yeah, happened? I talked. I, I, I talk
1: asked you about the no hitter. Basically, that's right, right.
0: That's right. But no, it's good. It's fine. It was. Uh, there is a show on uh, Sirius XM that is on Mad Dog that they uh, listen. Is their hosts are taking – Imagine I just don't get it. They took off today, and then they're off all next week, and then they're off Monday. How can you possibly take off? When college football is kicking off next Saturday. They all
1: take, like well, everybody else thinks the NFL is it, king, right? It, maybe it, they're taking off before the first. Because September 11th, right? Right, right. For if, NFL.
2: If you heard Mad Dog's uh, hot take the other day about uh, college football, too, well, that, that kind of that. explains what – how it is that they think about college football in general so air
0: Parsians is the greatest coach of all time yeah, That's oh a good my point. gosh yeah.
1: we we played air Parsegian was on the uh, clip we played the other day on the Von shaman field goal mm-hmm. at, at the horseshoe it was Keith Jackson and air Parsite right? bank oh wow man that the video of that Woody Hayes I you talk about the drive-by handshake and Woody Hayes, I would imagine, probably wrecked that locker room afterwards. And of course, we know how Woody went out punching a Clemson That's player right. at the Gator Bowl after uh, an interception from Art Schleister of Look all at people. You. Um,
0: you know what's funny is we have this year, this summer, uh, been blessed to finally be able to digitize a bunch of old play-by-play tapes that a family dropped off. We've, uh, uh, in fact, I'm, I'm trying to go through. Because they're all complete play-by-plays of OU's broadcast, and they're great. And I'm trying to go through— They're awesome. It's been really, really uh, well-received. And I was wanting to do the Uwe Von Shaman game, right? The, the game-winner in the shoe. And the OU brought—it's very weird because I don't even know who the broadcasters are that are calling it for OU— I I don't know these two dudes. It wouldn't have been John Brooks yet. It wasn't
1: Brooksy. It wasn't Traps or John Snyder?
0: Traps. It might have been John Snyder. It might have been John. But the recording doesn't include the fourth quarter. Oh, wow. How about that? So, I went through this, folks, and just this is way too probably inside, inside baseball, but when we get four files, right? When I see, oh, they digitized four files. That usually means the full game is in there. So I got the four files for Ohio State, and I'm like, gosh, I started writing the intros for Toby, and I even got as close to sending it to him. I'm like, you know, let me let me check that fourth file, just just to make sure. And it literally is the third quarter, and then just really bad music for like.
1: Oh, wow. How about so that?
0: I don't I don't know if the
2: person who was taping it. Uh, if the station might have had a problem, uh, that, which is you, possible. You know what that speaks to me? You guys have been in radio long enough. That speaks to me. Oh, crap. They are <laughs> having connection issues. Something happened. I have to fill with something. and I Stairway to heaven. I yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody. Anything anything before then. long. I yeah. can't imagine the amount of calls that person would have gotten. Uh, For that station. If that's what
0: happened. If that's what happened, right? Who knows? Maybe Mm -hmm. the guy taping it just didn't flip the tape over until it was too late. Could be. But, yeah, it was – so I was kind of bummed on that front. And, again, listen, we're blessed to have this, so I'm not complaining. But it's still kind of wild. For instance, 1972 OU Texas. Dude, and, again, if you're as old as I am and you're not, but
1: people out there, you grew up listening to – because you maybe got, uh, with the bowl game, maybe four games. Right, right. On TV, and you were on. and I remember listening to, for instance, the uh, the SC game in '73 when they mm-hmm. went to the Coliseum. Joe Washington's pump return in that tie game. Oh, I've got that. I got that full game if you want it. <laughs> and I can remember because what I used to do on the big plays is. I couldn't. It's like fourth and one. This is a big one coming up for the right. Sooners. And I would, I had a toothpaste on a toothbrush. I would go to the bathroom and brush my teeth and come back and find out what happened to the play. <laughs> Too nervous. Now, my dentist loved that, but I'd come back and ask my dad, what
0: happened? Well, you know, <laughs>
1: little Joe made the first down, you know, on the option. And I'm like, okay. But I couldn't handle it. It's
0: tough. So. It's tough. But I will say, um, I'm that right now, we're going to do one more this weekend of these classic broadcasts. I don't know which game yet. And it's kind of rough. I'm I'm kind of going through. I've I've played with but there's a part of me that even though it was a blowout, the '72 OUO issue, the Bedlam game in '72, mm-hmm. it's pretty cool to hear Bob Berry, and that would be the '72 carry the one. This would be the 50th, you know, anniversary yeah. of that game. Um, so, uh, it's it's been a really fun practice for me this off season. and you know, to kind of get back to the original point. So frustrating whenever there's a game that you're like, yes, 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 no. Where where the game go? Yeah, what happened to the yeah. game? It's all gone. It's all uh, the, the 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 silk. Silk was what am I saying? The carpenters and someone singing right now. <laughs> Make it stop.
1: Hey, Karen Carpenter had a great voice, and she was she a She had a run. She had a good a, run. She she was a great drummer too, by the way. Very true. Back in the day. All right, Plank. Have a great show. Enjoyed it. By Thanks, the way, Steelman and uh, I'm. I'm I love getting to talk to you, man. It's great. We don't and, get to do this uh, very often unless know, we're just talking but, man, during commercial breaks. A lot breaks. of admiration for what you do, man. <laughs> Thanks, First buddy. of all, you're great at your job, and secondly, man, you're nonstop. Like I said, I think the vocal cords trained by Jerry Schmidt. That's right. You know, and what's weird, I've never had laryngitis. You know, it would be easy to fake it. You're, you know, you're losing your voice. We got to think about that every now and then. Contract
0: negotiations. <laughs> you know, you give what's, me. You order understand, like you got a little horse. Absolutely. I like the way you're
1: thinking. I mean, I could pull that off, hopefully one day. (laughs) Drake, good stuff. Thank you. Thank you to Daryl Ray. Thank you to T.J. Eckert. Thank you to Jesse Crittenden today. The one and only powerhouse known as Chris Plank up next with the Plank Show. Everybody have a fabulous Friday, wonderful weekend. Enjoy some real football. We've got a small dish of it this weekend, but it should be pretty good. All right. we'll see you. Take care.
4: It's the Plank Show with Chris Plank and Josh Helmer. Weekdays from 9 a.m. till noon on your home for Sooner fans. The Rest Sports Radio Network.